Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Jules Gill. Hello. I'm Josh Brown. Hiya. I, it's a big old week for video games. Modern Warfare came out. We've already done a nice little banter about that. But why not talk about the hottest thing in RPG gaming, the Outer Worlds? Oh, sorry. I thought we were going to talk about Fallout 76. Then. No, that's oh. the... No, what, what's the opposite of... It's the coldest? No, it's the hottest because it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it is a big old tire fire. Mm. And we will get to comparisons between Bethesda and Obsidian. Um, but yeah, Outer Worlds is the newest game from Obsidian. The sort of uh, the first new IP they've done in quite a long time. Um, Obsidian, if you don't already know, is the uh, was formed from the people that originally made the original Fallout, and it's a big old deal that they finally returned to as ostensibly a better Fallout engine um, and a better Fallout framework. So I thought we'd just open, we're going to sort of compare and contrast various things, Outer Worlds, Fallout, Bethesda, mm. whatever, um, but where are you guys on it in general? Jules, you did the review, Josh, you've been playing since Friday. I, I honestly think it's, having a, fun? it's a fantastic game, and sure, there are a few flaws with it, which are highlighted in the video review, but I do feel that this, as an experience, has been one of the most enjoyable things the times that I've had uh, playing a video game this mm-hmm. year, I'd say that it ranks very highly up there with my time with Resident Evil 2 Remake. Is Ooh. that good for me? It is pretty pristine. I mean, I uh, I got it on this. It came out the same day as Modern Warfare, which mm. is Modern Warfare has just dominated my entire being. But I've been going back on Outer Worlds, and I there's a lot. Of, I've put down a bunch of different sort of categories to like uh, like tip into or whatever. Tip into, dip into. Yes, tip into. Tip you, your, you can tip off. Tip your toe, tiptoes, small toes into pools <laughs> of content. But Great the whole thing with this, I know that there's various things I want to talk about, and I'm very excited. Josh, where were you in general? Um, yeah, I was looking forward to it because obviously me and Jules went down to London to play mm. it uh, before launch and that got me excited for it. It's always been on the radar. I just kind of took it for granted that it was coming mm. out and I expected to like it. I didn't expect it to sort of love it as much as I actually have been because mm-hmm. obviously I got Modern Warfare as well and I expected to kind of split my time. But to be honest, every single time I jump onto the Outer Worlds, mm. it grips me so much that I yeah. just, even though I'm loving um, Modern Warfare as well, I just can't put it down. Every night I've been playing it, I keep saying, you know, I'll go on and have, <laughs> you know two hours on um, Call of Duty at 8 o'clock <laughs> then it's half past 9 and I'm thinking I'll get on it at 10 o'clock and yep. then you know it's 11 o'clock and I want to go to bed but it's, uh, like, it's been so good yeah we haven't had like two like stellar titles next to each other in a while because I do that I'm on Outer Worlds thinking I'll do a little bit more then I'll go on Modern Warfare or vice versa and an entire day passes and I haven't <laughs> left that one game that I was on I, um, th- I think that yeah. Outer Worlds just scratches that itch though that a mm. lot of people have been just it's basically every single movement that they've done with uh, games like Fallout 76 and other sort of RPG Mm -hmm. titles it's everyone's always just been like yeah but can we just take it a step back to Mm -hmm. where things where the dialogue the writing was the central focus Mm -hmm. rather than the action and the spectacle and i feel like a lot of comparisons are actually going to be made not with fallout despite 
but we will obviously go into that. Mm-hmm. But it'll be with Borderlands 3 because really? they actually do cover the same material quite a lot. I mean, it's you and a resistance helping a load of corporations fight each other with a shadowy board uh, sort of director. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. you've got over-the-top characters, you've got comedy, you've got space warfare. In fact, those are the two games that should be compared. Oh, I would... I mean, I, I'm with you in terms of thematics. Like, yeah, mm. like um, I think this is way better written than Borderlands 3 is. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. In terms of, like, framework, I guess. But, and that's um, not to say that Borderlands 3 is written badly. I'm just no. saying that there's a huge disparity between the type of humor that is mm-hmm. in there you've got one that's i'd say it's i hate saying that it's clever because it makes me sound like <laughs> it's like oh you need to be smart to understand rick and morty but like, <laughs> it's like it's one of those things where it's uh, more subtle it, that's probably what i'd say despite yeah. being very out there i think yeah. um to touch on the because i've written down like the importance of like dialogue and choice in games and i think that's something that obsidian definitely brought to fallout like a lot of people cite new vegas as the best fallout because even from the get-go you have all these different factions that are like vying for control of even the opening area and everything sorry i'm a little bit confused you said you said nearly all of like why is that not it's this, this definitive answer it's the best one well, fallout, fallout <laughs> new vegas is the best is. One. well yeah you could i mean like i said a lot of fans go with that there'll be some people who like three <laughs> you know there some might be wrong-uns. Yeah. I mean, anyone in this says room. you Mr. I, I love Fallout 4 I yeah exactly I, I was going to say I I'm flying <laughs> under the radar here in disguise <laughs> I love my old uh, spoken protagonist but um, yeah so I think one of the things that Obsidian like highlight with New Vegas the reason that a lot of people champion that game is that it feels so reactive mm. to every single thing that you do and I think that comes from the fact that they have a mute protagonist they can just write more dialogue options yeah. for you that are only in text um, and I guess they just record the uh, the reactions on behalf of the NPCs um, but that stuff is the thing that I felt that was so missing from Fallout 4 yeah. um, and I think that in Fallout 4 obviously they went with a voice protagonist and it meant that they had like things like the sarcasm button or things that had to relate to where your like mental state was at at the time. You, were, I, you know, I assume my character would be really stressed out at the beginning, yeah. but they weren't, and none of that stuff made sense. Do, do you know what the yeah. thing is with that? The Fallout Four had actually a relatively easy fix. All they had to do was have the spoken lines of dialogue actually just be shown, and re- so you could read them before they were delivered. That's yes, the best like thing Master about Fall. it. Like when you get when you get to choose what your character is saying, that's when you feel like you are choosing it. If you're just basically going. Uh, in a general direction just <laughs> waft over to being angry like you know then you'll just be like you have no idea how angry they're going to be what's mm-hmm. the level of violence they're going to enact I would on. say if there's like if there's a word dependent on it's like it's agency I didn't really feel yeah. like I had that much agency in Fallout 4 and I was ping-ponging between like the, the Minutemen quests or trying to search for my missing kid or whatever um, whereas in this like it's more open-ended at the beginning you just get yeah, dropped yeah, yeah. on uh, Edgewater or whatever um, it's a Terra 2 I think is the name Terra of the planet 2, yeah. and, uh, and so like you know you have like way more free-form agency but how have you guys found that the difference between the two and Josh as you're a massive Fallout 4 fan. Well, it's, it's been interesting because most of my time in the Outer Worlds so far, I've played about 15 hours or so, mm-hmm. has been spent in sort of conversation and mm. just exploring. I haven't really done much combat until last night when I was exploring um, Monarch, which yes. is uh, actually the sliver of demo that we got to play in London. Oh. Um, so it's it's been interesting to go back to a game like this where the conversations are so detailed and so dense. Like, I didn't expect it, even though I'd already played mm. it. I didn't expect to talk to every single person in a town and each um, proper NPC have so much yeah. to say. Even if it didn't result in quests, mm-hmm. they had so much sort of personality to explore. And I thought that was really cool. And it is reactive as well. Yeah. Uh, the way sort of they join your companions, are, that blew me away when I was yeah. um, first exploring Edgewater. Mm-hmm. And it, people would react depending on what you were wearing and who was in your party. Yeah. And I thought that was a cool little touch to give you that sense of agency and that yeah. your actions were having an effect on like the world. Like your build matters. Yeah, it wasn't just you, you know... Uh, 
bringing quests in or, you know, making money and stuff mm-hmm. or yeah. doing one extreme or the other. It was every sort of little um, change that you made, a little alteration that you performed that impacted mm-hmm. how you were perceived in this world. I don't know if you guys yeah, cool. remember um, before Mass Effect came out, me and you, Jules, would have been about 40. I don't know if Josh was on the planet at that oh, Barely, yeah. um, you know. Back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but before Mass Effect, I remember when they were shown the dialogue system. And I remember just looking forward to being able to have conversations with NPCs yeah. with that level of like reaction. Like you said, you kind of preload your answer or whatever beforehand so it lets the flow of a conversation happen. Um, and I remember like loving that. I've had not had as much fun just talking to people in a game um, since the, the Mass Effect trilogy, more um, so one and two. Well, and I, it's, I absolutely love that stuff. I love the fact that they um, have found a way of blending. You've got your classic options. You've got your, like, your good option. You've got your quest option, you know, get to the point sort mm. of thing. But my favorite one is when they've just got like three or four superfluous bits of dialogue that won't add anything other than <laughs> just a bit of flavor to your experience. Mm-hmm. Like, And there's even levels of gray, I would say, in these conversations that haven't been experienced not since the first like Fallout 1 and 2 when they right. were like isometric games yeah. because it was like that thing of like you go up to somebody and you say you want to extort them you've got almost like two or three options to try and get the mm-hmm. money off of them and I'm like oh that's cool because now I feel like I can live this character and I love like D&D and stuff like that so mm-hmm. it makes me feel like I can plan somebody's entire arc out as it were because it's like they, like they they tell you sometimes like oh you know like your intelligence stat is a certain level or yeah. your leadership skill is a certain level um, so you can persuade and lie and, and change things around that way and they will tell you like it, it tells you what that unlockable like it'll have in brackets like oh well your yes. persuade skill is 20 so you can do this thing um, but apparently like um, depending on what your overall intelligence skill is that dictates even the way your answers are phrased yes. um, mm. so the lower it is you just you, you make more jokes and you sound more stupid or whatever um, but like if you have like a higher one you can have like more philosophical conversations yeah. with people um, you can have you know, like someone like uh, the quest with Reed at the very beginning um, you can bargain with him more like, you can try and talk to him on quote unquote his level um, which I love that stuff like that's a level of I don't know dialogue depth that I I, yeah. I wasn't really expecting, even though, like you said, they pioneered it in the first place. Um, but I just think in terms of, like, sheer agency in that world, I, like, I don't know, it depends how you'd split the gameplay. Do you think it's, like, there's more of a focus on the dialogue, the interactions, or the combat stuff? The the combat, I would say, overall, if we're being brutally honest, is probably the weakest part mm. of the game. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, although you get so many different weapons and you can approach combat in different ways... Combat is a situation where there is only one outcome, which is Mm. that the player survives because the game cannot continue if they die in combat. I find that that... I don't find combat itself in games as much fun as talking my way out of stuff unless the combat itself is set up in a specific way where it's engineered to be like the most chaotic Mm. and fun and you can't like take uh, you can't make people surrender or you can't alter a a scenario once it's kicked off I don't think well the best thing about it is is that uh, if your persuade um, skill is high enough Mm -hmm. and you shoot somebody with like a certain gun or whatever it is you will make them cower and if they stay in that cower state and you finish off the final enemy they will become like pacified as in like they will just like stay in that state forever and they won't like attack you again that's that's closer to what I was thinking so that, so that is like a way of doing it, but you still have to engage in combat. Mm-hmm. But then that leads me to the point about the level design, mm-hmm. which is like there's some positives and negatives to talk about that. But one of the positives is that the way that the maps are laid out, they're fixed locations for enemy spawning, mm-hmm. which means mm-hmm. that you can take a trip off of the dirt road and actually find ways round enemies if you don't want to engage them. Mm-hmm. But... 
the game is significantly harder because the XP you get from killing enemies mm. is so much better. I feel like that's the only downside. It's also weird as well because like once you notice where people are going to spawn, it is that it is that same spot over yeah. and over again. And even if you've cleared that little location out, you can come back later and they're all back. Yeah, again. which kind of which can be bit. good. But mm. I was exploring quite a lot of Monarch last night, and yeah, I was just sort of away from quests, just seeing what I could find. And it was quite cool to have those sort of you know little encampments pop mm, up. Yeah. But there was an issue for me where I would go about ten meters outside of the range and have to return, but then they'd spawn back again in yeah. like two minutes, which was a little bit frustrating. And I think combat in general is is re- is really satisfying. I think the it's really guns snappy, yeah. Are, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. punchy and snappy and it's responsive. And I'm like really enjoying it. It is the weakest part, mm. but I don't think it's necessarily I don't it's far from bad. Oh no, no, no. It's no, only no, weak no. because everything just, else is so good. I think I, it's just yeah. yeah, I think it's just more basic when mm-hmm. you get to sort of like those situations where enemies are respawning or you're just sort of using for me I'm using the same tactics. I don't know about you guys, but I find it quite easy. I'm playing on normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of want to crank it up a little bit. I don't know whether I'm over leveled well, or what. If but, you mm. if you want a challenge then try and go what's your build at the moment that you're running uh to be honest mostly like a charisma build yeah that's oh. what i've gone for yeah. as well i've gone for charisma and snipers is pretty much my build for that i'm so, a soul rifle and i talk people out of things but then my other character is melee focused and no companions and that is a challenge <laughs> because that is actually quite, you and like, using the sort of um the dodge mechanic that you've got mm. you really have to get used to doing the time dilation then dodging out of the way and then hitting as much as you can and then even like pegging it away and then <laughs> jumping back into battle again uh-huh. so that that's it, there's a load of different ways to play in this game, but it's it is easy if you're just gonna if you find the gun that you like and it's like a massively ranged four times yeah. sniper mm-hmm. because you just go bang bang bang, then the companions do. I've got a bit of that. Yeah. I was um, using uh, one of the light machine guns. I think it was the light machine gun Mark II that I'd leveled yeah. quite high, and I was walking through where there's a lot of manta queens. It's like a really deep, yeah, <laughs> a big nest. And I was just sort of sitting there, you know, mowing them all it's down. Like the predator, isn't it? With it that thing. actually, <laughs> it, it felt satisfying, and I, I have fond memories of it. But at the same time, I'm kind of thinking. There could potentially be a bit more challenge here because I loved mm. it when you first um, sort of get to Edgewater and you're just outside the town. I think you're going to be talking about the same bit that I am. Maybe and you see, you hear like the monsters in the distance, yes. and you sort of investigate, and then you just get absolutely they wrecked yeah. by Pick them. Your yeah. ass. I had a weird thing at the beginning where um, like I picked, I like deviated off away from the ship that you land in, like very very beginning, and I went off and I found like a shotgun and like a couple yep. of pistols and stuff. The shotgun was terrible, and like, even though it shouldn't have been, um, and it was like I, it was really low DPS once I actually went into the inventory but I died to the first bunch of bandits over and over and over again because yeah. I was like what the hell am I doing wrong yeah. am I am I missing something like yeah. and my default modern day gaming brain just goes is it a bug is it something yeah. that I'm not supposed to be doing um, but whatever and I eventually got through that and I ended up getting a more powerful pistol and whatever um, but yeah the combat like it is really light and snappy I think it works they've got their own version of VATS it's called like yeah, the, time dilation, yeah, 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 time dilation. you uh, press one of the shoulder buttons uh, or whatever and you can just slow time in general which is kind of how Fallout 4 did it I guess um, but I think it gives you enough of like a repertoire like a suite of moves mm-hmm. and I love that you can dodge that's something mm-hmm. that yeah. um, I always missed or I do miss in more basic first person shooters like needs a little bit more to the ability set you can even uh, level up one of the perks to allow you to do a forward dash as well because yeah. on the other ones you can go left right and behind but once you get that one as well you then get the option to like leap over enemies and like nice. go around stuff yeah. a lot we can talk bigger. about uh, map size as well because it, it, yeah. this is like and well map size and game length because um, the game overall seems to be clocked in at about 25 to 30 hours Ozzy yeah. managed to do it in about uh, 12 to 15 I think he said yeah. um, but that was based on like mainlining the main story and nothing else 
Um, I love that it's a lot shorter because the thing that was initially put me off in the lead up to it was that it was going to be another 300, 400 hour mm-hmm. thing and I was not going to get through all of it. Um, the thing that they seem to have like nailed, or at least to me, is that they've got a shorter overall runtime, but it encourages replayability. There's so much depth to go back to and pick apart again. As soon as I finished the main campaign, I went back and I yeah. started again mm-hmm. because of the fact that I was just like, cool, I now feel freed of the, because I was obviously t- trying to get the review done under like a, like a crunch time mm-hmm. thing. So getting that out of the way, I was suddenly like, oh, I can now play and explore and do all of the bits that I was really mm-hmm. interested in, like going and seeing what's in like this corner of the map or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a very, very fun game. And I kind of am very anti people who are like, oh, what? It's only like 30 mm, hours, yeah. it's only 40 hours. It's kind of like, listen, I know that there are some games out there with the games of service model that require you to put in hundreds and hundreds of hours. But really, Burrow down and ask yourself, how many, how much Does it engage you for that yeah, whole time? Like, like what's no. the percentage of players that actually see it through to the end? I would much rather have a game that everyone completes can, and can agree is good uh-huh. rather than overstaying its welcome. Plus, how insane is it that, like, 20 to 30 hours is too short? Yeah. When, when, <laughs> when, when like, if we're being honest, if you went through, like, I don't know, one of the Final Fantasy games, like, if you were just going through the main quest lines, mm. that, that would be a 20 a 30 hour game. Yeah, 30 yeah, hour sure. Well, this is, to me, why it's perhaps more comparable to, uh, like, Bioware games, because even though... You I do have Aspect written down here. Yeah, you look at the the presentation of the Outer Worlds and the first-person shooter style and the way dialogue is handled, and all that screams Fallout. But when it comes to the structure of the quests and the map size and the way you navigate the maps, to me, that's way more Mass Effect, mm-hmm. where you're not just because you're going to different worlds and sort of landing on mm-hmm. them, but the way they're sort of they're delivered, you're not spending hundreds of hours just randomly exploring. You can mm-hmm. randomly explore, but more often than not, there's just a sort of smattering of you know encampments or buildings that you yeah, can mm-hmm. check out. Mm-hmm. And they're already there on the map. You just have to have a brief glance at them mm-hmm. to know where you need to go. You're not going to get lost really. And to me, that does benefit this game, especially because, like you said, it encourages replayability and also just makes it more focused. Although, I was going to say focus is something that I yeah, feel like I will say missing, yeah. it did make me appreciate Fallout 4 a bit more. Oh, every when I was time. walking around, yeah. and you know, I did kind of crave that freeform ex- uh, sort of exploration. I yeah. wanted to be surprised a right. bit more than I had been so far because it nails what it does. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. But if you're fooled into sort of approaching it like a Fallout game, I think you might be slightly disappointed. Hmm, I think it depends how much you associate that freeform, almost aimlessness with Fallout. Like there is a focus to Fallout if you really want it, but it's it's a handful of strands in amongst like a massive open world and you can just get lost doing a million other things, Um, which for me was always a big problem with 4 because it clashed with what that guy should have been doing and Mm. what that character should have been doing in terms of tracking down their infant. Um, But yeah, in Outer Worlds, I I applaud that they've focused it down. I think that level of focus gives it a drive and a pace that like I, for me, was missing in those other games. Totally, totally agree with you. But as I said in the review, there was a few instances where the level size actually was it was a detriment to it because of the fact that like you would be standing there you'd have a quest giver who'd be like i've not seen this scientist buddy in ages can you go check on him please and you're like he's literally 100 <laughs> meters down the road I, I go out of the town i walk along and i'm like what the, the quest yeah. ends here like, well, like that... you could have gone yourself you could have looked over the ramparts and be like all right ted no <laughs> <laughs> you are very dead that happens at the very beginning with um, when zoe goes missing as well um, yeah. from the uh, the encampment that's the one that's the fringe faction from edgewater yeah. um, where it's like, oh she's gone missing we haven't seen her for a while she's and like, it's just, she just down the road like you can sort yeah. of use it use a scope and she's yeah. right she's down there like yeah. <laughs> it would have solved everything but it's um, not it doesn't happen as much as you might think from me, us telling those stories, it's yeah. not like, but it is still engaging and it's great. But it's just unfortunately, it just exacerbates the um, uh, the long load times that you get on like consoles. Mm. So if oh, you're, I they've been alright. They're okay. I mean, pro, you, though, you guys are playing on pros. Mm-hmm. I played it on a base PS4 right. and I got on PC as well, which is so much quicker and obviously looks so much better. But it's just I know that there's going to be a huge swathe of mm. the audience that is still playing on core versions yeah, of yeah, like yeah. the Xbox One and the uh, PS4, mm-hmm. and so therefore they're probably going to be sitting there going like, "Whoa, that's a <laughs> lot of load screen." <laughs> I'm sick of this artwork yeah. by now. Um, and I'll go on, Josh. I want to ask you guys, because this is sort of, it's been, it, it just took a lot of getting used to, because although I was enjoying the dialogue, mm-hmm. I found that you go to the groundbreaker, which is the ship really early on, which kind of is like the Citadel from mm-hmm. Mass Effect. Yeah. You get to explore and you get to talk to a lot of people. And I thought that was awesome. The, the amount of mythology you get from that sort of area, the amount of quests you're given is like so cool. But the pacing is kind of weird. I find myself mm. going to a new town or going to a new area like that and talking for what feels like about two hours genuinely yeah. of game time, mm-hmm. amassing all of these quests, then going out for a big two-hour stint of combat and coming back and returning it. I know that might be on me for not doing a quest at a time. That's what I would want to do. But it feels more conducive to, you know, haul them all out at the same yeah, time no, and then call them mm. all in. But that makes for a strange kind of pace where you can go entire sessions if you're going on late at night or something where you're not really accomplishing much quote-unquote but Mm. just sort of engaging with the game in a kind of in a way i'm not used to i'm not saying it's bad it's just in a way that i'm not used to from like a game like even fallout 4 which is more immediate it might not be better but there is a certain flow to that that i think the outer world at least so far is kind of lacking and I think that might be a hurdle mm. for some people because although sorry Jill I, uh, I, I, I'm just saying I, it's, it's really nice I like mm-hmm. I like the, the way the Outer Worlds does it because I do the exact same thing go and just get all the quests I possibly can and then go out and do them because then I feel like you could just if you treat these as levels rather than as a part of an mm-hmm. open world then it, it's like you're completing a level you're doing all that and that mm-hmm. means I can understand that mentality but I totally get what you mean about having the story potentially doesn't have enough time to sit with you because you're like cool thanks for that quest yeah. what have you got yeah yeah, 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 yeah. what have you got and it sort of becomes at least 
least for me, it's just a, a scenario where I'm sort of rushing around the one town, sort of drinking it all in in one <laughs> big gulp, and then kind of exhausting it when I bring all the quests back, yeah. which, again, might be my fault, but I think the game mm. sort of encourages that because you can't go two minutes without seeing a new flashy yeah. thing in a new town or having someone run up to you. And if you don't interact with them now, you miss the sort of momentum of the moment. And it's just, it's again, it's not bad. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's just a quirk that took a little while to get used to. Yeah. And now that I have, I can appreciate it I wonder it more. if that's more, just like, just like a total subjective, like a taste thing. Because I, oh, I like sure, that, yeah. like I, in terms of like, if I'm living the life of this sort of like weird marauder, like in, in, I don't know, whatever the hell I am overall, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, you, you, I kind of want to nip into like a main hub. I want to kind of interact with like this big sort of nexus of humanity and everyone else. And then I want to go out and do some quests and come back. Like to me, I guess that would be the nearest thing to an overarching repetitive gameplay loop that they have being mm-hmm. inside all the or outside of all the different sort of dialogue choices that you have um, but I love like how much you can just get lost in a certain town yeah. um, but you'd, it's weird because I kind of think of the game size as being like what Destiny tried to do like mm-hmm. where Destiny had like six well five whatever how many different uh, planets you could land on yeah. they were called planets but it was like here's like four townships or four, four little settlements yeah. and it represents like a whole planet um, for me that's that's a more intelligent choice in terms of them spending so much time in development only to get like a big um, like an Ubisoft style mass of nothing yeah, what you guys would rather prefer. I, I would much rather have a, a smaller condensed thing than having just like hours of walking mm. through just going, what is, where where am I going? Because there's nothing worse, I think, than when we go into these open world things and they go, hey, look, your mission is actually over the other <laughs> side of the map. 2,000 like, meters away. You're like, okay, cool. Off I go. Get in a car or a boat or whatever and you go in there and you're like, oh, right, cool. Get there. Five minutes of firefight and then drive yeah. all the way back. Yeah. And then you're kind of like, so what they've done is they've just cut out the middleman. So that's why it feels weird because we're just so used to just being like, guess we just mm-hmm. look at the scenery for a bit. <laughs> I think that's one of the worst lessons that um, some devs learned from the like the open world boom. It was like, oh, okay, so everything needs to be scattered. And it's yeah. like, well, yeah, kind of, but you need to make something in between. I can't, and, remember, I can't remember what yeah. video game it was, but there was one that allowed you, whenever you go to a quest giver, it actually like teleported you outside of the area. Like you Ooh, held it, I can't mm. remember what it was. It was like a shooter game, right. but like you could literally just hold down the button afterwards to accept the quest. And it would be like fast travel you to just outside. And then you just only have like a little <sighs> bit to walk fair. there. I, I bet like, they go back and forth <gasps> on that because you would sacrifice the open world detail or something. I would take that. Yeah. Because um, the thing is, in Outer Worlds, the one time when I had anything remotely negative to say about it was at the very beginning when I was I ran all the way across the map. I talked with someone. Okay, well, your next goal is all the way back yeah, across again. Yeah, yeah. I did that three times in a row. It was it was just like doing a bunch of question quests in a row, and I had this weird like boiling up feeling inside of me where I almost turned off. I was just like, oh god, I just I don't want this running around game. But, but it stops being that. But did you then find out that on the map you can literally just go hover over the checkpoint, and there's so many checkpoints mm-hmm. that are in the map that actually allow you to fast travel to locations yeah. within there. And I was just like, oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Then, so if I don't, if I've just got a quest and I know where I'm going because I've already explored it, say like there's the secret lab that I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. like say that I know that I need to go back there again, I go, oh cool, I can just fast travel there. Then. Yeah, I don't yeah. have to walk all the way there. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of because you mentioned Mass Effect there before as well, like the when you pick your squad mates when you leave the ship, mm-hmm. that is identical to the Mass Effect <laughs> squad mate thing for oh, Mass Effect I Two and Three. Love it's... the companions in this game. Yes, yeah, so we can talk about companions oh. and that sort of feel of like going on an adventure together. I guess it's another split because in Fallout it's very much an isolated thing. You can have companions. There are some in Fallout Four. Yeah, but yeah. I tend to if you think of it as a franchise it tends to be you're the lone wanderer it's like you know you well, versus the world the marketing just heavily pushed the fact that it was like you and dog meat like that was all yeah, that was all yeah. it was pushing so when you finally when you first meet dog meat you're just kind of like oh, okay cool that, that's me for the rest of the game mm-hmm. like and he's arguably the best companion because he's Mr. Valentine no because he doesn't he, he doesn't have to fucking run his mouth <laughs> he's not just uh, going like oh I think that's bad I don't think you should do that oh I don't think you should have that and you're like shut the hell up yeah. I, as compared to uh, Outer Worlds companions which are yeah. thoroughly lovable I mean I've only met um, Pavati, I think her name is. The she very is. first one. Yeah, the I am in love. 
She's lovely. She, she reminds me of um, of uh, Kaylee from uh, Firefly, like the yes, um, I, I feel like they really drew heavily. There's a lot that. of Firefly yeah. in Outer Worlds, which is the best possible thing for me. What are you gonna say about companions? Uh, that well, first Pavati should be protected yeah. at all costs. <laughs> yeah. She is uh, the absolute best. But yeah, it's it's sort of the Fallout um, sort of solo player thing got weird with four because mm. they did double down on the companions mm-hmm. so much. You had way more than ever before. They were way more integral to sort of the experience. You had companion quests, and to me, I always loved playing Fallout as a solo experience right. so I left other things to sort of mass effect or whatever but I thought 4 kind of pulled it round and the Outer Worlds is a sort of continuation of that style you're sort of going out you're picking up these people you're taking them back mm. to your ship they're having these dynamic conversations they're engaging you in the same way that the companions did in 4 but in a much more nuanced and interesting mm-hmm. way and mm-hmm. I actually care about these people and things that you come across <laughs> and uh, for me I haven't spent too much time with other people other than Ellie and the vicar and one other guy that you get but right. um I don't know whether they're, whether they're all going to stand up. Sometimes mm. I talk to them and I think I, I'm I'm done with you. Get back to the ship, you know. Yeah, come on, yeah, 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 <laughs> come yeah. on, get get Pavarotti out again. Uh-huh. Right, Felix is the one that I feel like mm. a load of people are really going to dislike. Felix, yeah. Right now, Felix is just a lovable man. He likes uh, the tossball game, so he comes <laughs> with like one of the tossball sticks as his weapon. Okay. Like he's. He's hot-headed, he's very aggressive, and he's just very, like, happy-go-lucky. He's kind of like Mr. Peanut Butter from BoJack Horseman, <laughs> but with a sort of killing mentality. Okay. You can send him in. Yeah, but, he's, get but, stuff but, in. but to be honest, I found myself giving him the most chance because I was like, right, I love how all of these other characters are written. What's your quirk? Why should I like you? And I stuck him in the team, and the reason that he becomes so, like, charming is because his outer world huh? dialogue, yeah. dialogue as in when you're just running around and he's offering insight and stuff is genuinely really funny because right. yeah. he'll just be like talking about his favourite lineups in his sports teams he'll be talking about trading cards when you pick right. them up he'll be like when he's in town he's just kind of like you want me to bash him he's like no stop <laughs> trying to bash people I do think um, just to quickly mention yeah. about the, the comedy I think that this is one of the funniest games I've played this generation yeah. and I love that they have the confidence to write jokes that are just in certain dialogue options that you might not even say Yeah. Um, but just the fact that you have like your character clearly thinks through a handful of different things oh well I can't say that or I shouldn't say that I'll do this instead um, I just like just the it has a level of authorship that I think for me has been missing from all of Bethesda's games since in Skyrim. I think it's because it goes back to that sense of placement. One mm. of the biggest problems that the Fallout series has had has been, like you say, the um, the person usually wakes up, the, the event has happened, mm-hmm. and they basically just slot right in. They just start picking up bottle caps like they instantly knew that that was the currency that a was... Super mutant. Oh, a super yeah. mutant, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, you know what I mean? Like They'd never <laughs> freak out. The only character that made sense in the Fallout um, universe was the Courier, because the Courier existed yeah. and was part of that lifestyle before the Amnesia accident, and then afterwards, mm-hmm. it uh, makes sense. because One of the many reasons why New Vegas tends to get regarded higher. But Outer Worlds allows you, because of the fact that your character obviously came here on a spaceship, they know about these things. The only time that they're like, what's going on? Is like when the corporations come in and start mm-hmm. doing other slogans. And then once you get that, you're just like, oh... I don't need to adjust anymore. Mm. This all makes sense. I love its its whole sort of like narrative framework of like this big capitalistic monopoly in the future mm-hmm. of just like, you know, bodies are property and like, you know, if someone dies uh, or even if someone kills themselves, it's your next living relative, the person that was relative to your yeah, body when they died. And so the whole township has to pay for one person taking their own life. Just a horrific sort of extrapolation on a potentially capitalistic uh, mentality. Yeah. But I love that they address, they try and address that from both sides and be like, okay, the comfort blanket of living in that system yeah. and whatever. And that's it. That's when that sort of humor and that nuance like comes into 
to great moral choices because the first big one you get in yeah. Edgewater is choosing between two factions essentially yeah. and mm-hmm. they both have the pros and cons and for me it was so difficult to make that choice about where to route the power because I yeah. just I didn't know I could I could see morally why one might be <laughs> right than the other but I'd made friends in all of these yeah, communities but, and that's why those quests uh, those side quests are so important I feel and why it does pay off when you're taking them all on you cash them all in because mm. you do talk to everyone yeah. you get to know how these communities operate you get to know the little quirks and they might not all be good quirks but you sort of become so familiar with them that it's it's hard to take them away because th- that's all that these people know these yeah. people are just trying to get by living under this big you know essentially kind of like dictatorship thing and you don't want to just like rip them out of that because yeah. what's going to happen to them then they can't yeah. just survive out in the wild I hope like that's what they wanted because that's you're essentially playing an interloper who gets to sort of drop in in this like privileged situation and affect a whole bunch of different mechanisms and environments and economies and then just leave again mm-hmm. yeah. and it's like I hope that that's all embedded into what their intent was behind it the feelings that you have because you, it is so sporadic but I would hope that that's all intentional well there, you say that but there's obviously the um, your reputation mm. level and let's just say that if you <laughs> if you piss off certain people by continually going in the face of the board or right. in the face of like the um uh the rogue sort of pirate factions and stuff that you can meet they will have stuff happen to right. other mm. pockets of the university oh, I just, yeah i just like mean if you, that... if you go back to cer- certain um situations after you've say you've gone off on a few missions and you've basically badmouthed them like the board for example you mm-hmm. can go to like board controlled areas and they'll suddenly be like very like well you're gonna need a very high persuade check to let me forget <laughs> like what you've been saying about it and i'm right. like well luckily i've got 122 over the level cap brother <laughs> okay, I just like more of like sort of reflection on humanity in space yeah. Like you're dipping into all these different potential experiences. And um, we'll definitely do a part two on this podcast because we're still playing through it. I yeah. know you're going back through another play yeah, yeah, and me yeah, and Josh yeah. are yet to finish it. Um, so we can follow up on some more stuff. But right now, in terms of our general thoughts, we're super positive on oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a ma- not that Obsidian ever didn't. I was going to say a return to form. Obsidian are incredibly solid and they've been incredibly uh, reliable over the years. But this is a phenomenal game. Now, if I'm being perfectly honest, I feel like the failures uh, of Bethesda with Fallout 76 recently have done nothing but drum up interest oh, in the yeah. outer world showing that it's an alternative without bugs that is a flat payment system and it's from developers that have spent years honing their craft Mm -hmm. trying to make it the best they can be i would say and this is just a question playing devil's advocate Mm -hmm. would this game be received as well had it not been for that failure of bethesda would it would would it have not just been buried by call of duty modern warfare i don't think personally don't think so at all because i think obsidian are a massive name in Mm -hmm. rpgs and i don't think i mean i don't play fallout 76 and i don't care about it other than just laughing at it occasionally um and i don't think the vast i think fallout 76's fandom is so small yeah Um, i still think this would have made waves um, mainly because it isn't call of duty like it is the other side of the coin if you want something more considered and less sort of multiplayer focused um so i would i would hope so um but i think that it is it is incredibly formulaic like it is for the it is fallout in space yeah. it does it better but it is um and i think that that could be a potential negative but it like fallout 76 has provided the best marketing campaign in gaming history for this thing i've not been as excited to finish a game go back to it and then also say i would pay money for dlc for like extra, yeah. extra yeah. missions some planets like, in. like honestly if they're going to go down the line and do the season pass that like they did with um like all of the old fallout games mm-hmm. i genuinely would be very keen mm-hmm. on the game Me too, really. what was the thing you were gonna say um just that when it, i think it's a mixture of both because it is a quality title mm. but like you said it's sort of formulaic and I don't mean that in a kind of pejorative way is, I mean that in a sort of this feels like a game from 2011 or whatever yeah. but done yeah, very but, well yeah. mm-hmm. and I feel like you know had we not had the failings of Bethesda or this huge gap in the market that just needed someone to step into and be like 
Hey, you remember all these systems <laughs> this? you love? Uh, I'm doing them really well. You know, there's not much that's really going to push you what you expect. It's going to be a really great weekend. Mm-hmm. Come to us. I think that has benefited it a lot. Had these games not sort of fallen out of fashion or whatever, it might have struggled a bit more, mm-hmm. but that's not the case. You know, this is the context it's releasing in, and it's making the most of the emptiness in that. Yeah. Sort of it's genre. weird because, like, for as much as it is sticking to a formula and it is, like, you know, it, it is very, like, tra- like, it is, it's very expected, but at the same time, Nintendo have done that for, like, over 30 years mm-hmm. and we always just call it traditional. And I'm just sort of like, well, why can't they just stick to a certain formula that works and let's call it traditional? This is a traditional open-world, you know, immersive RPG and these guys are the people who pioneered it in the first place. I could, so, like, I could yeah. never criticise a game for doing the same thing over and over when I bought as many copies of Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. I know. Um, yes, it's Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even pick up on it that, for that time. Um, but yeah, let's what you think down in the comments below if you're watching the video version of things or can find us on social media if you're listening along on the audio platforms. For now, though, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast and I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you very much for having me. And Josh Brown. Thank you. Goodbye. I'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.